Coming up on your favorite podcast, the Super Bowl is set. We have been at this thing for quite a while, and we finally got it down to two teams, the Chiefs and the 49ers. But how did we get there? The conversation could be interesting. We talk about both the AFC and the NFC Championship game. We take a look to the Super Bowl. We preview that just a little bit. We talk about some of the coaching vacancies that were filled. Surprisingly, but maybe not, Bill Belichick not on the list of people who have been hired. Seattle still doesn't have a coach, and the word is Pete Carroll might be having second thoughts? Who knows? Got a lot to get to tonight. Should be fun. Ryan and Zach and me are next for the final football pod before the Super Bowl. Enjoy. Yep, that's right. Good evening, people. It's the Tim Anderson Podcast. I'm Tim. That's my buddy Zach, actually, on the left-hand side of the screen tonight as he beats everybody in. He's got a Nintendo controller in his hand. How focused will he be tonight as he tries to master yet another season of Tecmo Bowl? I don't know, but Zach, it's good to have you. Hey, I'm uh, I'm good. I've got I have like a minute left in a blowout here that just running out the clock. So um, it's too bad you can't kneel on the ball in Tecmo Bowl. There's no victory formation in Tecmo Bowl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's uh there might be some questionable fourth down decisions in Tecmo Bowl sometimes, but um, <laughs> and some of those in the NFL as well this week. Absolutely, Rhino missed out on Tecmo Bowl. I wish he was around for us when we were having to play primitive football games like Tecmo Bowl. Rhino grew up in strictly the Madden generation. Am I right, Ryan? Uh, not necessarily. I played a lot of NFL Blitz when I was young. Ooh, uh, oh yeah, love, yeah. I like Blitz. NFL Blitz. Um, I remember distinctly NFL Blitz 2000 and doing the uh, the hitting the guys after plays and trying to cause injuries. Yep. Um, I uh, I remember. I think the first game I played wasn't actually Madden. It was NFL Game Day '97. Uh, with uh, Warren Moon as your quarterback for the Vikings. Game day uh, was actually a fun game. The nine, eight, nine sports. Uh, yeah. Those game day games were good. I didn't hate those at all. Yeah. The last one I had had, I think McNabb on the cover. Uh, there, there's, there were some really bad football games for the NES. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, ter- Techno bowl bad. aside. They're, they're not good. John Elway football's bad. That's what I was thinking. Elway, the passing system was brutal. Um, and Rhino on the Sega Genesis, you missed out on some bad football games. Well, first of all, it was impossible to pass on Madden on Genesis yep. and early PlayStation, but you got NFL Live with Joe Montana on the cover for a couple of years. You remember those ones, Zach? Those were good. Troy yep. Aikman football, where uh, that was no, that was no good. Uh, that wasn't a good game. I remember uh, what was it, Emmett Smith football on SNES? Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that one too. My favorite one though was NFL Quarterback Club. Do you remember that one? I do. We had we had that for our uh, Game Boy. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and on the Game Boy, it literally Ryan like when the when the guys are running play like when you're watch when you're playing the game, not just in the playbook, but in the actual game, it's just X's versus O's. Okay. <laughs> like there are no actual guys. It's just your X's running down the field. Um, That's hilarious. Yeah. So there, there was some bad games, but Tecmo really got it right. Especially the second Tecmo is where they hit the home run, right? The first oh, they one, sure did. They were figuring it out, and then they really nailed it in the second one. Tecmo Super Bowl, and then Tecmo Super Bowl three on Sega is actually really good. I like that one, too. That one's also fun. Hey, Ryan, here's the fun part about NFL Quarterback Club. You could do the NFL Quarterback Challenge, 
which was the great game, which was the fun. I don't know if you remember a lot of quarterback challenges, Ryan. Do you remember that one at all? Do you did the, no. where they'd get all the quarterbacks in Hawaii, all you the big, all I the big, remember. and they would do yeah. the big quarterback competitions. Those were great. I loved those. But the NFL quarterback club, you could do the quarterback challenges on the game, and that was always fun. Except for when you got to the bomb, where you had to air it out. Because you had to run your fingers across all the buttons at the same time to maximize its power, and you would literally rip your skin off. So the the, the hack was you had to put on like a sock or like a t shirt, and then you could rub it across the buttons, and then you wouldn't rip your hands up. Then you could throw it sixty seventy yards. Um, it it literally NFL quarterback club like those NFL those challenges that they did is what the Pro Bowl should have been the whole time. The whole time. NFL fastest man. I always remembered those. They'd come on in like August time for the NFL's fastest man competition. And then the NFL quarterback challenge. Yep. And it'd just be, you know, throwing passes to dummies and stuff. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a good, it was good TV. On There was a lot of random sports on during the day in the early days of ESPN. Yep. And then late at night, you'd get the tough man challenge. Those were good made for TV. Oh, yeah. I love World's Strongest Man. How much Bruce Wilhelm and Ken Patera can you watch from the 70s? That's what I have to say. Pulling a semi with a little harness around their waist. (laughs) I watch Eddie Hall. Like I watch the modern ones. Those guys are crazy. Yeah. That's not bad. Uh, We're hitting some. I I like that. We can go down this road all day. 90s ESPN, 80s ESPN rules. You get me like early 2000s ESPN too, like the after school stuff where, you know, just before PTI starts, I'm getting home and watching the end of the strongman competition, maybe a little bit of poker, and then I'm catching PTI. Yeah, you get uh, some, you got a good run of poker in the early 2000s, a good run of poker. My favorite, and Zach, you could probably attest, they'd show a lot of pool. You could watch a lot, you could watch a lot of pool and bowling at night, but Jeanette Lee. Yeah, the Black Widow, Jeanette Lee, and uh, Vivian Villarreal, who I loved a lot. She was spicy, and Allison Fisher. Oh my gosh, the great pool, the the lady pool players. We could, I could literally watch those gals play pool all day. Give Not me, even uh, close. Put it on for twenty four hours straight. Give me the ESPN News Snooker Championships with some Ronnie O'Sullivan <laughs> running a perfect one nine two. All right, we got to get the football here. All right, and some darts. Uh, yeah, let's get to some football, but don't forget yeah, darts. darts. We got to talk darts. Watching darts is always crazy because it's just like triple 20, triple 20, you know, triple 20. Next guy comes it's effortless. up. Same thing. Yeah, it's the same thing. And it's the same guy in the background yelling the score who looked like, it sounds like he smoked like 10 packs. 180! 185! It's just like, oh my God, guy, you're intense. This is heated. Oh, I just... Man, everything sucks now. Everything was so much better back then. It's not even close. Uh, gentlemen, welcome to the pod. The Super Bowl is set. A uh, lot to talk about. A uh, lot to get to. Ryan, where do you want to go? Do you want to start with the... Do you want to talk about just the overall... We can preview the Super Bowl later. Do you, is there a game you want to start with first? Where do you want to go? Um, I mean, I think both of these games are pretty good. They're uh, interesting games, certainly. I, I enjoyed watching both of them. I didn't get to see all of the the Chiefs Ravens game. Uh, I had some other stuff going on, but it was I, I enjoyed the end of it. That the Lions Niners game I thought was a lot of fun to watch. Um, I I do I do have to say I, I feel for the Lions a little bit only because 
only for their fans, not so much for the Lions themselves. <laughs> only because it's absolutely not. Only because I've been there. But then you remember how much shit they were talking before the game, and uh, and I got to tell you, all of that goes right away. How, I, about uh, how much shit they were talking during the game? Yeah, that yeah. true. That too. That Oof. too. Right, you get uh, players waving to the fans, and in the second quarter, that's yeah. where you, that's where you get the uh, that's where you get the old Sean Payton doing the skull clap right before the uh, the Minneapolis miracle. You get the uh, uh, you know anybody who celebrates before the game is over and then gets burned, I'm immediately happy. All right, uh, let, let's start with that game then. Let's go. Right. Yeah, let's go there first. Uh, the Lions jump out big, huge, early, and they're clicking on all cylinders. Uh, they are firing. They score the first couple possessions up. They're up 21-7. Look like they're dominating the game. I think then the, there were like a couple of interesting plays, right? Because old – here's the thing about Dan Campbell. And I think Dan Campbell is a good coach. I want to caveat everything by saying I think he's a good coach. But I really thought he he just – he couldn't get out of his own way in this game. Just could not do it. And he has to learn that – you have to be a little different sometimes, occasionally. So he first kicks the field goal at the end of the half. And I actually thought that was a pretty good decision. Kick the field goal, go up 17. That's a justifiable decision. But it was almost like that decision pained him. So he got like, he doubled down on the aggressiveness in the second half. And I thought that was to his detriment. And sure enough, it all hinges and it changes. And of course, in fairness, it changes on a miracle Brandon Ayuk catch too. I mean, Brandon Ayuk's catch was a huge turning point in the game. I mean, if that goes differently, maybe it's something else. But, Zach, what do you think? So, okay, so uh, first a side story as we're talking about this. That first half was dominant, right? And yep. I was actually watching this while we were hitting Sunday night for softball. Um, I had our team in. They were hitting. and um, So I had the game on. We were watching it. And one of the girls was just fired up, right? So I have an eighth grade girl who's just pulling for the lions. And I'm like, what, why? You know, and she said, <laughs> well, I I have a bet with my dad. And if the lot, he told me if the lions win, I can get Snapchat. <clears throat> right. Whoa. So at half, Whoa. at half, she yeah. is just fired dad up. Dad really rolled the dice here. Give dad some credit for rolling the dice on this. And uh, so that, that collapsed. <laughs> Pretty quickly in the second half. I'll be interested to see her now because it was we we left a little after halftime. Um, so that was that was funny. You gonna drop? I, you gonna drop your little QR code for her? I, I'll, <laughs> I will say this about the of those decisions. I probably would have kicked field goal in all three. Yeah, I will argue this though that if there was if there was one of them to go for. It was the one that he kicked the field goal on. And here's half. why. Yep, before the half. And here's why. If if he can... Well, okay. In general, right? Like, some of the decision to go for it is... Well, if you go for it down on the goal line, you pin someone and... You know, you, you have a chance to hold them and then go back down and score again. But that didn't apply in any of these three. Because at half, right? It was going into half. There was three seconds left. And the other two, they weren't really... They were at like the 30. Right, approximately. So the field mm-hmm. position thing comes out of play there. But my thinking is, if you if you convert on the one before half, you get the seven points. Right, like that's a given. 
if you if you convert on the other two, there's no guarantee that you're getting the seven points still. There's even, in fact, a chance that you don't even get three out of the deal. But you know you're getting seven if you convert the other one. And that's I, right. I, I think if, if, if you were going to tell me you have to go for one of these, that's the one I would have gone for then. Ryan? I, I do think that the um, he should have gone for it when they kicked the field goal. I agree. I think that I could also hear the case for the second one when they're they're on the 30 and and Reynolds drops the ball. I mean, I, I think that it was the the right play call. I think the the execution just has to be there. You're on the plus side of the 30. You're, you're, you know, you're trying to kind of put a dagger in the game. I get trying to go for it there, um, but, the, but you just got to catch the ball. Yeah, like just just catch the ball. I, I agree, but when you go for it, you bring those things into play. Sure, right? Yeah. You bring. You, not only do you have to have the right play call, but you have to execute the play call. I also I also think that on that, I mean, you were running the ball so well all night. Why did you stop? Why, why go to the pass there? And, and, and here's, here's the one that really gets me. Why go to empty? Why, why are you lining up in empty when you've been running the ball and that threat is no longer there in empty and, and you don't, they don't even have to think about the run in that situation. Yeah. I also, I also think that they messed up by running it on third down on the goal line. Yeah. Late in the if game. you, if you, if you throw that knowing you're going to go for it on fourth and one, if yep. it's incomplete, you stop the clock, you save the timeout. And then if you score, you don't have to onside kick. Yep. Yep. You can, you can kick it deep and, and stop them with the three timeouts and the two minute warning, but right. And again, they would have had minimal time left. Yeah. But it, at least it would have been an option, right? They could have still onside kicked and gotten the stop and forced the kick and had, you know, whatever, like there's, there's, they took away one of their options by doing now. Now let's, let's address the other side of that too. If you kick the field goal on the fourth down earlier in that drive, now you don't have to worry about running it on third down. You can try and get the stop with three timeouts and the two minute warning to go score a touchdown to tie the game. Yeah. So if you, if you, it was a, it was poor decision-making. It really was. I'll, and I'm going to say this, it was not the worst coaching decision of the weekend. No, no what do you pro- think it, we'll get to that thing, in the next game. Okay. The only thing I will say too about this one is I get that people say, well, that's who Dan Campbell is. That's what he's done all season. It's what he, you know, it's, it's who they are. And I'm like, but first of all, that's not true. Like that is not, that's not accurate because he kicked the field goal in the first half. So that doesn't, there's already precedent that he goes, that he will kick a field goal on fourth down. And secondly, just uh, to me, if that's who you always are, then you always go for it. Right. But it's, but you can't be one of these guys that just kind of willy nillies it. Ah, no rhyme or reason. The example here would be like the blackjack player who constantly like, well, this time I'm going to hit 13 against the six. And, but this time I'm going to let it go. I'm going to stay this time because I'm feeling the game a little differently. And then this time I'm going to, I'm going to split these two against this thing. And it's like, there's got to be a rhyme or reason to your game. You're like a consistent player always hits on the, or always stays on the 13 against the six or always splits or always doubles down. And that's not Dan Campbell. So he's not consistently one way or the other. And so I don't want to hear that narrative from people that, well, this is who he is. This is what he does. And it's not true. 
I, I agree with that, right? We talked about this last night. I'm I'm fine. You don't have to do the same thing every time, right? There should be some feel to the game. Um, but he 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 is like I said. Okay, so I I made that blackjack analogy with you guys last night, right? I'm like, he's the guy who splits his queens against a nine, <laughs> right? And when yeah, your and when analogy shit, might be better than mine, that's the best analogy. And, and when that shit's working, like the table's fun. Right. You're all fired up. You're like, what a great story. Like, this guy is nuts. Right. He's he's making money. Right. Um, he's he's shouting out, you know, are we here to play cards? Or are we here to gamble? Right. And and that's kind of feels like Dan Campbell. He's he's not is he he feels like he's there to gamble. And yep. he's the fun guy at the blackjack table, the fun, the, the bluffer at the poker table, the guy who just splashes in every pot. The problem is, is when it doesn't work out and that table turns, right, and the math catches up to you, it, it's tough. And and I get it. I've heard the analogies today or that, you know, the, the guys have got out their abacus and told us that, you know, mathematically it gave them a 3% more chance of winning. And I find a lot of that stuff to be like that. That's again, if all things are equal, because that's if all things are equal, the conditions are equal, the players are equal, everything's equal. This is the NFC championship game, man. And that's the Niners over there. And I'm okay, like with some aggression and going for it, because part of their team is we're like, they're better offensively than they were defensively. Right. Right. We knew that. Right. Ryan was waiting for the fall. Um, But when, when, when that stuff goes the other way, like it's not a it's not a fun story anymore. It gets frustrating, um, and and that's where it is, right? And um, I'll give them credit, right? They were there for everything, right? They were they were probably further than anyone expected this year. It was a fun story for a lot of people. Um, you know, people were throwing them their flowers last night in the Twitter chat, saying Dan Campbell might be a top five coach. Uh, <laughs> I threw that in as a little bit more fun than anything. I wasn't quite being serious. I know, I'm just giving it. you a hard time, but that, that, yeah. that's why I came back with, you know, is he a bottom later, five coach? Is he a bottom five coach? <laughs> I, I will say though, how many times in this podcast did one of us, I mean, at, not, not, I'm not saying myself, but one, at any given time, it was all of us saying it, but one of us on this podcast a week felt like we were saying, we're just waiting for the lions to turn into the lions. Right. We're waiting for the too many gambles game from Dan Campbell. Yep. It's going to happen. We know it's coming. It's predictable. It hasn't happened yet, but the clock's ticking. It's coming. And it happened at the worst moment in the worst, in the worst time, in the worst game for it to happen. For sure. And I mean, the reality is right. They, I mean, they laid a huge egg in the second half. Yeah. They had a 17 point lead and it all went away in what felt like a hurry. And so, and yeah. he's not yeah. fully to blame, right? We've talked about him a lot here, but right, we talked. There are also drop passes. There's the fumble on the first play of a drive. You People know, in gets, the first half were saying Jameer Gibbs might be one of the best running backs in the league, and he drops that ball. Yeah, you get you know a ball off the helmet. Like a lot of things went wrong. Um, I, I'm just gonna say, as as a Vikings fan who's seen too many of these kinds of games. As soon as that ball went off Kendall Vildor's head and and landed in the arms of Brandon Ayuk, my thought was, nah, here, here we, we go. go. That's what I've, I said. I said I've the same thing. This, 
I've seen this movie. I yep. know how this ends. Exactly. Uh, and then the fumble on the next possession, right? So they yep. score on that one to get it back to 20, 24-17. And literally within a, within a within a hiccup, basically, they fumble on the first play, as Zach mentions. And five minutes later, that's in the end zone. And before you know it, it's 24 up before the third quarter even ends. So like they totally erase the deficit inside of like 13 minutes. And that is, you just kind of knew at that moment, like if this, if it's kind of like, Hey, the Niners have pulled even they're leaving. And that's, that's just the way I felt about it at that moment. Like, and yes, it was a much closer game, but it was just like, they couldn't allow that to happen. And they did, which is a shame. You know, I was having flashbacks to a high school game this year. Um, where it felt like everything went your way in the first half and then everything went the other way in the second half. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I know which game, too. And Brian um, popped an edible thinking about it. He, well, he was like, oh, it. damn it. I like, drink the, the forgotten 2023. Is, you get to, you're like, oh, we're, we're still up 24-17, and you're like, shit, I'm just hanging on for dear life. Like, yep. And so um, – you know, I mean, it was a fun game, an exciting game, probably better game than a lot of people expected, right? I I was one. Well, I did say I, th- I thought that I thought the Niners would beat them by ten, um, and they gave up that late touchdown, which erased that. But um, it was it was a fun game. Like it was it was a good day. You t- typically this is one of the worst weekends of football of the year, just because you only get the two games, right? Yep. And and I thought both games delivered. Had yeah, good talking points coming out of all of them. Ryan, Brock Purdy. I know he's a guy that everybody talks about. We got to get rid of the game manager stuff. Like, was he perfect? I didn't think he was perfect, but I thought, again, it just feels like when the money's on the line, that guy makes plays. I'm gonna he made some a, plays. I'm going to give you a player comp for Brock Purdy, and I'm thinking about this this weekend. He's Eli Manning 2.0, right? But he had a better he, regular season he, than Eli. Not right, right. Here's 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 the thing, right? He's playing in a better offense, I think, than Eli ever did. Eli, he was he was not top line. There was always the questions of, well, he's pretty good, you know, he he is he really elite? And then you put him in these moments, right? You you have all that I I always say the Manning brothers are are one perfect quarterback and two bodies, where Peyton had all the talent, Eli had all the clutch. I think that Brock Purdy might be the most clutch quarterback in the NFL, maybe outside of Patrick Mahomes right now. Yeah, definitely outside but of Mahomes, but you're right. He, he he just seems to always show up in a moment when they need him desperately. But they haven't needed him desperately often. Right. That's but when he does, right. when they do, he shows up. Right. <laughs> I think, I think the other thing is if if you take quarterback out of the equation, the 49ers are the most talented team in the league. Yeah. That's right. True. I think – uh, if you if you take the quarterback out and you look at all the other positions as a total, that's probably the most talented team in the league. Does so Sam Darnold win that game yesterday, though? Uh, probably not. No, I'm I'm not making that argument. Yeah. I'm not. Listen, I I think he's good, right? Yeah. But he's in a great position. True. He's also right. If you want to make the Eli Manning analogy, he's Eli Manning with a much better offensive system around him. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You know, and coach. Right in terms of offensive, offensive coach, mind. yep. Right, offensive minded yeah. coach. You're right so about that. that. Um, Better than Kevin Gilbride, really? I'm just kidding. Of course he is. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think, right? I mean, I'm not going to knock him. I'll say this, right? If he goes out and and they beat a pretty good Chiefs defense, and he outduels 
Mahomes, and I get all the, oh, they don't play each other. They're just quarterbacks, right? They're not on the field together. But there is some of that. There is. Right? And if he, make, if he does that, like, I think he's really going to cement himself as a top guy in a race. A lot of the doubters, they're still going to be doubters, right? Because that's what we are, right? We're, we're a society of people who don't like to see other people succeed. Right? Unfortunately, it's, that's true. It's the, it's the same reason people get bitchy about Taylor Swift on their TV for 20 seconds of a four-hour game. Oh God, I know. I got in it with the kids today. We don't. We don't want to. We don't. Super chesty about that. Successful and happy. That's what I said. I'm like, you got a problem with excellence. Well, if I mean, and like, there's been a lot of stuff shown this week of how little she's actually on the screen, and people still yeah go crazy about it, and it's dumb because like it doesn't affect your enjoyment of the game. It really doesn't. You know, and And now and now that that box is loaded too. Right, if you're putting Kelsey's brother up there, right, yeah. and Brittany Mahomes is in there, like that's that's a full, and Mama Kelsey, who's yeah. been on a million commercials herself, like you right. know, at what point is that? You know, it's like I also say like there is a media darling element to this too. Like the media loves Lamar Jackson, they they like Dak Prescott, and it's like Brock Purdy's got more wins than all those guys combined. So like. Take a take a minute in playoffs in playoff wins. He has more playoff wins than all of those guys. Um, I just think that Purdy needs to get a little love here. He's playing some good football for them, and yeah, I agree with you, Zach. If he wins the Super Bowl, I think it has to cement something. Well, uh, think, in, in the legacy, like a, a two second aside here on on just the Niners and their situation and everything that's happened. Mm-hmm. Like the reality is, like they blew a top. Like they moved up in the draft took a quarterback, blew it, and they really haven't paid a huge price for it. They really haven't. Now, there's, you know, I saw someone to say, today say, well, maybe if they draft, you know, Jamar Chase there instead of Trey Lance, they could be in a, you know, with a couple of Super Bowls right now. But I think the big, the bigger picture is, like, they blew that pick, and they're not where New England is. Yeah. Where the Bears are, right? Yep. Where conceivably Carolina is. Um, and a lot of that's due to they got this guy here in the seventh round, right? I mean, so they deserve some credit for that, and he deserves some credit for that. Totally agree. Uh, it's uh, That Niners team is fun to watch, and I do like the weapons. I know um, it, it, it's they're, they're a dangerous team. I love CMC, Debo, Brandon Ayuk, Kittle. And it just feels like they've got all the pieces. And I know that I'll tell you this, all of my students were basically going to be Niners fans starting uh, from this week forward. They do not want the chiefs to win. The chiefs have become the most hated team in the world. The chiefs have Uh, become the Patriots. They really have. And uh, it's because they're excellent. They're, they're fantastic. Should we move to that game? We want to talk chiefs, 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 Ravens. Um, I kind of told the kids and a couple people a few weeks back, like, I don't want to. I don't want to play the Chiefs in the playoffs. I really don't like because I don't want to play the team with the good head coach, with the Hall of Fame coach, and the Hall of Fame quarterback, the Mount Rushmore quarterback. I don't want to play that guy in a playoff game because things happen. And that Chiefs defense was legitimately really good with Spagnola. As apparently now he's become like he for I, he was a little bit of a punchline when he was the Giants D coordinator. Like he came up with those good Super Bowl plans, but he was a terrible coach for the Rams. And a lot of people kind of laughed at him as a D coordinator. Whatever's happened, like he has now got lockdown defensive plays. Like he knows how to scheme 
uh, a defensive game plan right now. It's really impressive to watch what the Chiefs did yesterday. Well, I think he's got some talented guys. No question. And um, it's been interesting to watch because for the first time, the offense isn't having to do everything there. Yeah. Um, so that's been exciting. Also, I mean, I you know, they, so they stuffed the run pretty well yesterday. But I, my, you know, I, I teased it earlier. I think the biggest coaching mistake yesterday, the Ravens only handed the ball off six times. Yeah, it's absurd. Absurd that they didn't run the ball. They're a power running team, you know, right? And they, and they ran it yep. some with the quarterback. That's part of it. But only six times. And if you go back and look at the numbers on the year, um, it is ridiculous in every other game how many times they handed the ball off to running backs and they did not do it in this game. And I, you know, I don't know if we want to say that they panicked um, because they didn't have success early. If they schemed it that way, I think it's a terrible mistake, right? But so I can run through, I mean, here, here's every, the last handful of weeks leading up to this 31, 17, 25, 19, 30, 15, 22, 21, right? Like those are how many times they ran the ball with a running back. And now all of a sudden you're going in the biggest game of the year, six. I, you know, I have a tough time with that. And I'll say this, right? You guys mentioned Harbaugh yesterday as a top five coach, possibly. Um, I think that's got to be Jim, not John, because he, I mean, they laid an egg again. Yeah, he's got the one Super Bowl and he's got the longevity, but they have come up short in these spots um, quite a few times. Uh, it's hard to argue. I, I think John Harbaugh is a good coach, but yeah, this was not. Uh, I know Cowherd talks about this, like, hey, if you're not an offensive coach right now in this league, like you're behind. Which I don't know if I totally buy, but then you see games like yesterday where Andy Reid, an offensive coach figured out a way to steer his team across the line and John Harbaugh didn't. And I, I, I think that's a reasonable conversation to have. Hey, Ryan, uh, your yeah. thoughts on the chiefs Ravens game and what the chiefs were able to do. Uh, I mean, it's, I think that, you know, we talked all year about how it didn't feel like the chiefs were ever really clicking. Uh, you know, they, they, they never really seemed to put it all together until the playoffs here, right. Where they've, they've put together a few games where it, it feels like they've been able to, to make it work. And I mean, good for them, right? I mean, this, this is where you want to get good. This is where it helps to have somebody like Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey coming back to life. And God, Mark, Marquez Valdez Gantley catches a football deep. What's <laughs> happening over there? Um, but I, I think you guys hit on it with with the Ravens. I mean, I went into this game thinking that the Ravens were probably going to win this game. That you know they they were the more physical team defensively. I thought they were the more solid team, and. I don't know what happened. It just kind of felt like everything dried up. You know, the, they just didn't have the polish or the, the, the attention to detail that it felt like they'd had all year. And like we talked about with the lions, I had mentioned this a few times this year where it just, it felt like the late collapse uh, was a concern for the, for the Ravens all year. And we get to the end of the playoffs. We get to this, uh, you know, their first, home AFC championship game in Baltimore ever. And you can't bring it home. And, and you know, the, the details that go into what make the Ravens so good in the regular season and that first playoff game that they played, you know, the, the things that make them look really good, just totally absent. And maybe that's partly because Kansas City's so good they can take that stuff away. 
but I think it's also just a lack of attention to detail on the part of the, of the Baltimore Ravens. And, you know, maybe that's a Harbaugh thing, but I also think that you invite a certain culture when you bring guys like Odell Beckham Jr. into your, into your, into your locker room that, you know, you have to question some of that. You know, I know Lamar is a leader, but Zay Flowers taking that, that taunting penalty uh, toward the end of the game absolutely kills you. And you, I mean, for, for a, a receiver who hasn't had a whole lot of time in this league, that was an Odell Beckham Jr. type of mistake. And that's the kind of mistake you get when you hang out with a guy like Odell Beckham Jr. in the locker room. And and you worry about that moving forward with the culture of that team. And I, I like John Harbaugh. Uh, you know, I, I like him a lot. I think he's still probably in my top five list just because of the, the consistent longevity of how good they've been. But man, those things are a concern. And this is year three now of late collapses and discipline at the end of games becoming a problem for them and rearing its head at the worst time. I think you said it, Ryan. It's a maturity issue. You just looked at who was the more mature team yesterday. Uh, the, the the Zay Flowers fumble at the one-yard line and then going back to the bench and slamming his hand on the bench and slicing his hand open. Uh, that doesn't work. The taunting penalty, as you mentioned. The Roquan Smith personal foul where he's jumping off sides to try to at least get it back to first and 10. But he doesn't just jump off sides. He decides he's going to absolutely destroy alignment and get a 15 yard personal foul when he does that there's two penalties on the quarterback that the fans want to piss and moan about and the people want to talk about rigged NFL's rigged blah 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 blah. those were good calls you can't clothesline the quarterback in the head you haven't been able to do that in two decades so like then four decades yeah it's been yeah you haven't been able to do that in a long long time and it was clear and the other one on the screen it was clear that the uh, I think it was Roquan Smith again who lowered his helmet or Patrick Queen who actually lowered his helmet into Mahomes and hit him in the ch- it's like guys these have been calls all season long what are we talking about and it was almost like it was a self fulfilling prophecy for the Ravens to be like yep it, we just you know the the Chiefs have all the luck and they get all the calls and blah 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 they melted down they showed a lack of maturity. And they deserved to lose. Do I and think it was that, frustrating? Do I think that all year it's felt like Kansas City gets the calls when they need them? You bet. I definitely except think for when they didn't get them, like in except, the Bills game. No, but I, I definitely the think that game, right. I definitely think there's some of that though, right? I don't think it was this week, right? I think that the Ravens absolutely shot themselves in the foot. You know, it's it's look, it's not a crime to hold on to the ball, right? The one you half yard line, you, just hang you, on to it. It's there's no rule saying you have to get in a dude's face when you stunt on him. I like taunting. I think they should allow taunting in the NFL, but the way that the rule is written right now, it's not, it's not. And you can't complain about it when, when your guy stands up on a dude, throws his hands off of him and then spins the ball on his head. Like, I'm sorry. Like, of course the refs are going to look at you with more scrutiny when that's the kind of shit you're doing. It was very Odell Beckham, right? You fumble the ball, you go cut your hand. It reminds me of the time he got in the fight with Josh Norman and lost the fight to the kicking net, right? The, it's embarrassing. When he punched the hole in the wall at Green Bay? Yeah, yes. It's immature. I, as an owner, Zach sent to build Odell. They're waiting on them to... I was, I was at that there. game when he did that. Oh, really? Yep. I, I was at that playoff that. game. That was the one where he hit Cobb on the... Hail Mary at the end of the half. Oh yeah, like that's right. And it, it felt tense all first half, six nothing. And then they hit the 
Hail Mary to go up 13 rip at half, and you're like, yeah, that's the ball game. And then they just dominated them in the second half. So the Ravens are out basically because of all the points that Ryan laid out and what I laid out as well. Um, what is this? It's a, it's an, and let's not, we haven't even talked about Lamar Jackson, just not playing a very good football game, throwing that interception in triple coverage. Um, where, where's Lamar Jackson, uh, Zach in his development, in your opinion, do you see him as a top five guy in the league? Or do you think there are still major holes in his game that like Josh Allen, until those things are resolved and until Patrick Mahomes decides to switch divisions or something, they're going to have, they're never going to get over this hump with these guys. Well, I think he's really good, and I don't know if he's quite top five. I'd have to think about who I'd want to have. That might be a good off-season discussion um, where we can spend a little more time diving into that. But he, the problem is, is that his bad flashes big time, right? Like, his bad will get you beat. Yes. Um, and... And and not just like well it's not good enough to win right that that's the thing right you want you want their your guys's bad stuff to be well maybe it's not enough to win this day but it'll flat out just get you beat and like that throw was dumb right I it and you look at the coverage of it and there's there's some shots today of basically the guy covered by three people and you know it's like I I wish to have this confidence in my life to throw this <laughs> right I wish I was this confident about anything um. It, you know, he, they're, they're, here's the deal. Their, their division is going to continue to be tough. Um, their wide receivers and like their weapons are still kind of young. I mean, they have some, but they're like, they're still trying to feel that out. And you don't know, like at some point, does the coach move on? Do they move on from the coach? Um, you know, like, listen, I, I've been through some of this stuff in green Bay and it can be difficult um, to get back there. And so I don't know, you know, I mean, it's, it's tough when you lose the end, the, the championship game at home, that's tough, right? It's a tough one to rebound from. Totally agree. And I think Dan Campbell talked about it a little yesterday with the Lions. Like that could have been our best shot. Yep. I think that could be argued. That could be argued for the Ravens. That could have been their best shot. Like they may never get another shot like that. Uh, the Chiefs have been fortunate. They've gone to, you know, four Super Bowls and how many straight AFC championship games. But a lot's got to go right for you to do that. And I, I'm not sure that the Ravens are going to be able to maybe put that back. They're going to be solid because they always are. But, like, it felt like everything lined up for them this year. The Chiefs were down. They had the home games. Everything was in order. And yeah, there was there's some people who posted today of just, like, Hey, you know, we were there and we lost a close one, but we'll be back. And it's like, except for if you look at these 12 teams who never got back, you know, and yeah. never got to where they thought they were destined to be. So it's tough anytime you lose a shot at it. Um, when you start thinking about every year, half the playoff teams turn over, there's always right. churn in and, the and, league, and, right? and, that and that's going right? to be part of this. Yeah. Like, we think Cleveland was really good this year will probably be better next year with a consistent quarterback situation. You hope so. You think the Bengals will be better with the Burrow Bengals back? Be better healthy? with a full year of Burrow and Pittsburgh doesn't go below 500. So right? I mean, it's it's tough even even if you're a good team in that division, it's going to be tough to have a home game for the AFC title game. And all it takes is and they saw this last year. 
the quarterback can get hurt. He's susceptible to injury with the way he plays football. This year he stayed healthy. Is that a cinch every year going forward that he's going to stay healthy? And what happens if he doesn't? I, I so just, I, there's a lot there. Yeah. I also want to point out right now, Ryan's got the whiteboard marker out. He's definitely diagramming stuff on the plays <laughs> and breaking it down. He was showing me his intel into the 46 defense. Either, either that or he's sniffing the marker and getting high. <laughs> I picked the wrong week to stop sniffing glue. I was going to say, are you out of edibles, Ryan? You're going uh, right, to the, uh, <laughs> right to the markers. I, I, you know, and listen, we've talked a lot about Baltimore here. Kansas City deserves credit. Their defense was phenomenal again. Um, their offense made enough plays. They're running the ball a little bit. Yeah, Pacheco is, rules. Is important. Um and credit to the coach, right? I mean, Andy Reid's a great coach. And let's a uh, quick aside here, but I would love to go back to an alternate timeline for a moment. January 11th, 1999. Okay. okay. I'm here with you. We're doing like a Back to the Future okay. 2 thing here? Well, this, some- this will just be a quick one. We could, we could maybe do a full podcast on this at some point. I'm in already. Let's do it. But on that day... The Packers hire Ray Rhodes to be oh, the head coach. Yeah. On that same day, the Philadelphia Eagles hire former Packers assistant Andy Reid to be the head coach. I recall the Andy Reid hire as sort of everybody was like, well, Andy Reid, that's not even like the top guy in Green Bay. They just hired a home grade guy. It was the same day, right? Same day. Yep. If Green Bay hires Andy Reid... How many Super Bowls do they have right now? Well, considering Ray Rhodes was fired one year in. Right. He was and eight they, and eight. And, and Green Bay canned. still got two. Yeah, right, they did. Then. And they had good coaches. Sherman was a was a they got good one coach. Since then. Excuse me. They got one since then. One. One then. Yep. They got one. They got to two, right? Because Rodgers, didn't he lose one? Win one, lose one? Or no? Just got to no, one. No, just Favre lost the second one against in 97. Yeah, that's right. He lost to Denver. He beat New England. Yep. Yeah. So, and then, but then Green Bay's been close a bunch of times, but not. And Sherman never got to a Super Bowl, right? When he took over, like right. they got to the championship game a few times, lost. They went to your guy McCarthy, and that's where they won. Yeah. So You're I mean, right. it, it'd, it'd be an interesting timeline if he stays there, and how long does he stay there? But he's got if he goes from Favre to Rogers to, and he's winning. Like, yeah, I, you know, it, it, it's a, it's an interesting dynamic. Although he might've eaten more food in green Bay. Cause there's like less to uh, do. Would Andy Reid have survived a decade in green Bay as Eating the head coach and sausages getting, and getting uh, nothing but free beer. Let's be clear. When Andy Reid retires, he's probably going back to green Bay. That's fair. That might be, although, and in fairness, he was in Philly with all the cheese steaks. Yeah. And he's been in Kansas city with all the barbecue. Are we sure so, he's not picking jobs based on what's the, what's there to eat? There's a very good chance that he's picking jobs based on. Did we just crack the code? He might have just did. That. He's like Minnesota. What's up there? Sweet, nah, pass. There's not. There's not an exquisite Minnesota cuisine. I'm out. I'm never going. I there. can't. I can't dine down on Lefsa. His first question is who's the quarterback. His second one is what's for dinner. <laughs> He goes, Miami, not interested. Not much of a seafood guy. You're going to have to do better than that. I need some some good stuff up here. What do you got? Kansas City barbecue, I'm in. Well, and I mean, it, it's uh, the, the the Reggie White 
if you watch that uh, documentary that came out on him, he talks about going to the Red Lobster, right? Everyone else <laughs> took him to his big fancy restaurants, and the Packers took him to Red Lobster. He said, hey, all the Cheddar Bay biscuits you can eat, Reggie. That's how much we love you here, pal. And oh, all you want. Have it all. You know I what? bet you that Reggie liked that. Me. That would sell me. I was going to say, Reggie was a simple man. I think he was okay with the Cheddar Bay biscuits and some all-you-can-eat shrimp. It's just me. To all right, fair, guys. I, I would not have had a problem playing in front of that Green Bay defense either. But, you know. Yeah. Just saying. All right, let's preview the game then, guys. It's it's Detroit or it's San Francisco versus Kansas City, the rematch. Uh, I do want to point out that the last time these guys played, um, the world ended. So do we like, are we a little nervous about this Super Bowl that, uh, you know, something could be on the horizon in two months? I I think that, you know, the karmic convergence, uh, uh, the karmic convergence uh, of this is such that I think the Niners have to win. (laughs) I I have. Yeah, this might just exercise all those demons. Yeah, we might need, you're right. We might need San Francisco to win just to stop like a, a, a civil war with Texas and to stop maybe the next big thing that comes I'm, out. I mean, I'm, we might need that. I'll say this, Tim, if you're counting on that, I think, I think you're, uh, might be disappointed. <laughs> you don't I, think I, there's I, anything we can do about that at this well, point? So I, I texted you guys last night, right? The line was at two and a half. Yep. For the Niners. And I, that feels, like free money to me and like, like it's light like that. Well, is I, I'll, I'll, I'll premise it with, uh, with this, right? Like I, I did not have the best gambling weekend, the weekend I was in Vegas, <laughs> but ironically <laughs> enough, right. I have, I don't think I've missed since. Okay. Um, I just think, right. You look at it, right. I've always talked about the three things, quarterback, coach, defense, and mm-hmm. I think all three of those lean to Kansas City. It's usually a good way to look at it. And and I think maybe there might be some people who argue on defense. And there are definitely going to be people who love Kyle Shanahan. But, you know, that was another one. I Someone online was like, we were, they were talking about the hirings of coaches and why Bilicek's been passed over. And someone says... Well, teams, I mean, they like him, but they'd rather hire a young guy and hit a dynasty like they did with Shanahan. And I'm like, dynasty? Like, they haven't done shit yet. They haven't won anything yet. Right. You got to win something to have right. a dynasty. So I, I just think that this is all set up for Kansas City. Um, two weeks for them to game plan a little bit and get their defense cranked up. And um, we've seen that Purdy struggles when he gets pressure. Uh, you're going to see pressure. And I just think this is this is Kansas City's game to win. It's the first time I've heard that. Rhino, do you like uh, San Francisco or do you like Kansas City? Or do you agree with Ryan or Zach on this one? I think Zach's criteria are good on, on why Kansas City's probably going to win this game. The wild card for me is which Kansas City offensive line do we get? Because they have had some up and down games. They've had some up and down drives within games. Right, I think Jawan Taylor versus uh, Nick Bosa is a problem if you're Kansas City. Uh, the one thing I'll say about that, though, is I, I think that when when the money is on the line and Patrick Mahomes has the ball in his hand, he's so good at just creating something out of nothing 
that I think that that mitigates that battle. And don't and don't so, you trust him to do that more than Rock Purdy? I do, I do, and I think that San Francisco's shown that when you run the ball on them, they're not as good defensively as maybe you think they are. Uh, yeah, they didn't and, look great in the first half. They no. got cut up by that running offense of the Lions. And that's half. They, they got cut up by the Vikings run game in that Monday night game. And they didn't have the defensive injuries, right? They were offensive injuries with Williams and Debo Samuel. You can run the ball on this team. And the, and the and and, same thing. I mean, that's how Green Bay beat them too on Thanksgiving. Yep. You can run the ball on this team. And I think if you give Patrick Mahomes the opportunity to play with play action, if you give Andy Reid the opportunity to call a bunch of play action plays and and slow down that pass rush, that screen game gets working with the tight end screen to Kelsey and the Pacheco screens to left and right. I don't know. I, I, mean, I don't they, see. They scored on that screen. They got called back for a hold. Yep. That, that, that was, was a beautiful screen. Yeah, that was right. a beauty. And the, the hold didn't even affect the play. Right. And, and it was it was just such a such a just a gorgeous play design yeah. on that screen. It's not one that I've seen a bunch before. I it was great. And that's what the league wants to, Kansas City to win. Remember I'm that. Not, the league is great. <laughs> I'm not saying that it shouldn't have been called, but right. like I'm just saying like the touchdown scored and that hold didn't even affect you know. Yeah. I, I I think if if I had to if you put a gun to my head and you haven't, but if you did, I'm taking Kansas City and I I think it's going to be a close game, but I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't. I will play the exercise, the demon card, and I will say San Francisco needs to win, has to win, going to win. Um, It's a, I I just think that Kansas City has fought valiantly like the champions that they are to get back into this thing. And I I admire what they've done. I think Andy Reid is, phenomenal. He looks like my father, so I have to respect him. Um, I, I almost thought about buying my dad like a red tarp, like a red Kansas City Chiefs poncho for this winter to see if he would wear it and wear it in public, but he hasn't done it yet. Um, I really like what they've done. I, and I love Pacheco. I love all the stories. Mahomes is easy. I mean, people don't like Mahomes. They want to root against him. They want to root against Kelsey. They want to root against the whole Taylor Swift thing. And I, I understand that. I do. But Mahomes is already like a top four all-time quarterback, in my opinion, like legitimate, one of the all-time great quarterbacks that we've ever seen. But I just think this Niners team from top to bottom is complete. There are not a lot of weaknesses. We thought this was one of the best teams in the league all year, and I think I got to stay with that. So I think the Niners are going to win this game, and – it's it's going to be a big one for them. It's a huge win for that franchise, huge win for Purdy. Shanahan, it sort of cements him. Uh, and I think it might be the thing that either keeps – the question is I don't know how this goes for Andy Reid. If he wins, does he walk off in the sunset? Or if he loses, does he walk off into the sunset? I don't know the answer to that yet. I'm interested to see how this game plays out. But I don't think it's a cinch that Andy Reid's back coaching next year. I do think there's some smoke there. Do you think that's so, why Bill's waiting? Well, I don't, I don't think Bill got a – I think Bill legitimately wants all the power and teams don't want to give it to him. That's – I mean, he could be waiting, and if I'm the Chiefs and I want to keep this going, he'd probably be the guy I'd bring in. Although, why not just bring in Eric Bieniemy and let him do it? You know, and let him be the coach or or let, uh, you know, 
let Steve Spagnuolo be the coach or something. I don't know, but I why, why just why not just elevate as opposed to bringing in Belichick? But who knows? I could be totally wrong on that. What's interesting, speaking of coaches, Pete Carroll, I read the report that came out today. And Zach, I don't know if you want to speak to this, Ryan, you too. Uh, as we talk about coaching carousels, it looks like eight of the nine jobs or whatever have been filled. Ben Johnson looks like he's going to be the Washington Commanders coach. Uh, that was kind of talked about yesterday. I think that's going to be official. Uh, Dave Canales got hired by the Panthers, which I think is a, a good luck to you hire, I guess. Hat, you know, I, I wish you luck, man. I don't think that's going to go very well, but I could be totally wrong. The only job that remains open is Seattle. And it sounds like Pete Carroll told the, the, the Seahawks he was going to retire at year's end. And then they were like, cool, sounds good, thanks. Here's a front office position. Thanks for all your hard work. Now it sounds like he has second thoughts and would like to return as the coach, but worries it might be too late. Do you buy the report, Zach? And do you think Pete Carroll's the coach of the, of the Seattle Seahawks next year? Oh, um, I I don't know who's going to end up there. I saw today Schefter too said, like it's he was talking about Ben Johnson and um Dan Quinn being the presumptive guys for those two spots, and he he said he's willing to bet that one of those doesn't work out. So maybe he's thinking about that happening in Seattle. Hmm. I don't know. I I think the ship's got the ship sailed. You can't do that now, can you? I guess you can. You can bring him back. I mean, there's no law that says you can't. I mean, you haven't hired anybody else. You could just say, "Yeah, my bad. We decided he's open." You've gone back to a job you you originally quit, right? You everybody's been I, able to do that. I have. I, I have. Um, I I resigned my softball job about three years into it. Because I didn't find a teaching job. And so I took a job um, down in. Shit, where was it, Tim? Winona. Winona, yeah. I went down to Winona and uh, did some stuff over the summer and was like, this is not what I signed up for. Um, and decided I wasn't going to do that and was going to come back up here. And um, they hadn't hired for my job yet. And they just kept me in place. So that's true. I have done that. So there you go. It is possible. Yep. It, it, it is. It is possible to do. Uh, I, Ryan, what do you think? Pete Carroll back with the, with the Seahawks or do you think they're going somewhere else? Oh man, I think it's too late. Um, and I think that it's probably time for a change anyway. Um, I mean, it, it's, I don't, I don't think that he's, obviously he's a great coach, right? He's legendary. He's been around for a long time. You know, he's a Super Bowl champion coach up there. So he's, he's going to have the credibility with them. But if you're already thinking that you want to step away, it's probably time to go. You might be right. right? And it's, I, I, I think that it's better to go get a young and hungry coach who can reinforce the culture that, that he had up there. And maybe add some new stuff to it where I think that it, it can be a, an effective marriage. But the question is who at this point could you hire where the top guys have kind of been picked? Fair. I, I, I'm fascinated to watch that because I'm curious. it just feels like there hasn't been a lot of traction on that. 
And I just wonder where that's going to end up at the end of the day. And there might still be another mystery hire out there somewhere. We don't know. Uh, you just never know how these things play themselves out. Um, but we'll be keeping an eye on it. All right, guys. That is the football portion of our podcast. Uh, we're going to not have a, just a heads up programming note. We won't have a football pod next week. We usually never do the second week of Super Bowl prep. We never usually have one. So we're going to let that one go. We're going to watch that. We might do some other pods, talk baseball or something like that. Get some other things in. A little uh, in its place. A little pod pre, if you will. We got some stuff to get to. So we won't have a set football pod next week, uh, but we will be back after the Super Bowl to break it all down. I know that Ryan's got big opinions on Reba McIntyre singing the national anthem. Um, the kids Don't in care. my class, the kids in my class were already trying to figure out the over-under on her time singing the national anthem trying to figure out if that's something they could get a bet on prize picks with. Uh, it's a it's a big deal to them to figure that out. So they were analyzing Reba's uh, history with, with the national anthems, Usher, commercials, all that good stuff. I'm sure Zach's excited but to Reba talk about Reba seems like a really random choice to me. She's on The Voice. I mean, it, it, no, but it's not even on NBC this year, is it? It's not. Yeah. Yeah, but it's does in she Vegas. Have, like, Does she have residency in Vegas? I mean, I mean, I trying know, to- Wayne Newton available? I mean, is Wayne, Wayne, New- is Wayne, Wayne Newton, Newton alive? alive? That's what I, I don't know if he is. Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> Didn't Tony Braxton have residence there? Garth Brooks? He tried to tell me none of those guys can just show up and go on over there and check <laughs> it out. Just, just some random Elvis impersonator. <laughs> some guy on the Fremont experience right now just playing a saxophone. Just, hey, what are you doing here? Come on in. A couple of guys playing bucket drums. Bucket drum, yeah, pickle bucket drums. Hey, we're gonna do the national. This will be, why not do that? I don't understand. So yeah, Reba's an interesting choice, but I'm fine with it. I like Reba. She's gonna sound great because she always does, and it's fine. All right, time for uh, what's becoming quickly the most popular segment in all of the podcast: Dad Talk. Everybody loves themselves some Dad Talk. Shout out to all of our new listeners and loyal listeners who've been liking us up on Spotify. A big listening contingent up in the Fargo, North Dakota area. Really want to appreciate those folks. Uh, They are the best. I don't believe it's just because they like Zach or they like Ryan, but it it does feel like when they're on, the listenership just seems to pop up there in North Dakota. Can't explain it. So it's a good time to enjoy Dad Talk. And again, we want to thank everybody who's been listening. Ty spent all of last week listening to Dad Talk on the beaches of St. Lucia, uh, staring at the ocean. Got many pictures of that. Thank you for that, Zach. Uh, Ty. I appreciate you. Well, that. we're happy for him. <laughs> yeah, we certainly are. <laughs> Ty is living a good life, man. I just, I got, I got to get Ty back on the pot. I haven't had him in a few weeks. Got to get Ty back on because he's traveling all over the world. He's ice fishing. Then he's down in St. Lucia. It's like I can't get the guy in here for I'm ten. I'm shocked minutes. that there's any ice to ice fish on. Yeah, people talked about this today that they went out ice fishing. I'm like, where is it safe to ice fish? There's got to be no place safe to ice fish, especially after this week. I want to play some yeah. golf. <laughs> you might be able to. I'm playing golf. I think I'm going to uh, play golf this week. So, well, this week, um, first a quick brag, humble brag, right, and dad talk. Love it. Start it uh, off. Brooke, Brooke got into a program um, at – NDSU basically, um, it, it, it's, it's being in a, I'm trying to think of the right word for it, but basically you're just being an asset to the health careers program. They, 
you know, go to large events and they're an ambassador. Um, nice. So that was that was a big deal to get into, um, you know, a couple rounds of uh, interviews and stuff like that. So she was pumped about that. But she also picked her dorm room for next year. And I think we need to talk. I mean, I know we all had little different college experiences, but she's going to be a sophomore. Yep. She's and, and dorm room is not even the right term for this. And good, good job on you, by the way, Brooke. Well done. Well done um, getting into that program. Well done. All of that good stuff. She, she is in a four-person apartment. Okay. It has four bedrooms. Okay. So far, so good. And and I don't know about you guys, but like that was not my... That's not a dorm. ...college experience at all, especially as a sophomore. Yeah, right? that's we, not a that's not got, a dorm. We got in some pretty sweet stuff by our senior year with on-campus living and stuff at St. John's. Um, but she was pretty fired up, you know. And and but she the the caveat is she is living with people she does not know. Okay. Um, and it sounds like it'll be a couple of senior girls in there, uh, which is an interesting dynamic. That is an interesting dynamic. I'm surprised they had that. Um, well, I think, you know, she, she was in an interesting spot because she did not commit to a group of people. Mm. So, um, she had a lot more options where her boyfriend had a group of four guys. And even though she picked later than they did, she was able to get into the, to the apartments that they wanted to get into, but they couldn't get into cause they had committed to a foursome and mm. she was willing to go solo and join a group. So. Um, so I don't know. Did you guys ever do any of that college living stuff? I did. I did not. I, I did not because I, um, you know, I, I started off at Brown college yep. to do radio. And so I just commuted because I was doing games all the time. I was broadcasting. I was interning at time Warner and, uh, I did not live on campus. Some folks did who came in from out of town from Iowa and stuff like that. And I think they did the apartment living as well. Cause that, they set that up through the college, but I was like, nah, I don't want to do any of that. Did you, did you live at home then? Yeah, that? I lived at home. Yeah. Yep. So like I'm, I'm in a, you know, I'm broadcasting from my little man cave here and it's probably a 10 by seven room. And I feel yeah. like my sophomore year, I had a dorm room that was smaller than this. Yeah, the small, I, I was dating somebody at the time who had a, had a dorm in uh, superior and I would go up there and hang out with her every now and again. And it was like, it was like a closet. I mean, yeah. there, there was just no, there was no room. There was no space. There was no nothing to do. I mean, it was just too small. I don't know how, I don't know how people function in those environments, but I guess they do. Yeah. The idea would be the shared bathroom. I couldn't do the shared bathroom slash shower space. That's where things get tough for me. Yeah. So I, would, I was, I had a solo dorm my sophomore year. But yeah, you're, you know, there's right. The shared shower areas and bathrooms. And, and I was in one of the oldest buildings on campus. It it was not ideal. Um, but we had some great stuff like then my junior and senior year. But yeah, I just, I was, I was shocked when she was like, yep, I'm in a four person apartment. And she gets her own, does she get her own bathroom? Like, or at least one in the apartment? Yeah. Yep. The, the oh, what a gig. You can lock that they, door. They have that now this year, Tim. They're in a four-person suite, and it's it's two bedrooms with a with a bathroom that is joined with the two rooms. That's just for them, and and God. it's cleaned by the school. 
once a week. My fear of public bathrooms would just overwhelm me. There's no chance. I would. I probably wouldn't crap my entire freshman year. Well, if there's you a good have, chance have, that I'd be just sitting there with a bad stomach. If you, but if you have if you have one a bathroom for just the four people, yeah, that's true. You know, like that's a little easy, right? It's their own, and and they're separate, right? The shower area is in that in that four person suite is separate from the bathroom area. The sink, right? It's three different stations, basically. I was gonna say, could the four girls battle this year though over the one bathroom? That's oh, I'm sure. I'm sure there's been some of that, but. Right. I mean, you well, got to imagine just in general, any four people, but that's true. Rhino, did you, uh, I forget. Did you have any college on campus living experiences or were you always at home? Uh, so I didn't go to college myself until I was 26. So okay. I, had, uh, I was, I was at home and then I had, I had lived off campus when I went back to school. I will say that I got to experience some of that vicariously through Lauren. Um, when I'd go to visit, I'd stay in her dorm with her. Uh, not necessarily according to the rules. Uh, but <laughs> we won't uh, tell anybody what campus that was. <laughs> uh, I don't give. I don't care. It was UMD. What do yeah. they care? That's, That's they a got, good point. They, they got enough of my money. They can take it. Uh, <laughs> Fair enough. It, it's. Uh, it, it's. I mean, it. It, I, it was hell, right? And, and the person she was living with. Um, so she shared a space. She shared it. Yeah. Space. So she. She. Uh, roomed her freshman year with somebody from high school. Um, <clears throat> uh, that person was not great. Um, <laughs> and, uh, did not go well. Um, and then she, uh, she had a shared living space off campus with some friends after that. Uh, and then I moved up there the year after and we, you know, I, I stayed with her and I lived up there for, for about eight months with her, uh, so we there lived was, up there for eight months. Yeah. So I was, I was, I moved up in March of 13 and I moved back uh, about nine months. I moved back just before Christmas. So what'd you do? Like get a gig at a taco John's and just hang out for nine months or like how'd that, how'd that go? Pretty much. I just worked in restaurants. Uh, <laughs> we, we had a, was, <laughs> my junior year, we had a guy, we just called him the man on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> he would, he would show up. Every Thursday, he was one of our buddies who had gone to school the first couple of years, and then he was going to. He had left St. John's and was going to a technical college, but he would show up every Thursday, and we'd go out, have a good time. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then he'd go back home. Anybody be like, anybody know who that guy is? Have we met him before? Like, yeah. where is he from? It um, was. I mean, the the thing was, we had been together for so long at that point that one, we just wanted to live together. And, and two, for her mental health, she needed support. Like she was, it was coming apart at the seams a little bit. And she called um, you? No, I'm, yeah, I'm I know, kidding. I know. Oh, it's wild, geez. right? What a uh, mess. <laughs> uh, not that it helped that much. But I was, Probably at not. that point, I was like, I was like the dog you get to help with your anxiety who ends up getting anxiety. Uh, <laughs> it was, you know, I'm up there, I'm working, you know back to back open to close shifts at the restaurant walking down the hill walking back up the hill and uh my my whole mental state just frays at that at that minute i'm getting no sleep i'm doing nothing but drinking it's <laughs> it's the true restaurant experience you're like anthony bourdain well, I mean, you're getting there, after it there's a reason that the restaurant experience is what it is there was a time i remember you know i'm i'm working an open to close and, you know, I, I ended up getting five stitches in each finger and my middle fingers and my left hand because I, I was just half asleep cutting butter 
and went right into my fingers. Uh, and <laughs> seriously, what? yeah, cutting frozen butter for a soup and, and went right into my fingers with a dull knife. Uh, and when I got back from my three days off from my stitches, uh, I came back and I found out our dishwasher had been fired because he showed up to work on LSD and they found him just staring at, <laughs> they found him staring at the sudsy water and, and asked him what happened. And he's like, I don't know, man. I don't know. Do the dishes ever talk to you, bro? And that's how they knew he was on something. Uh, <laughs> so I, I like Ryan talked about spending the night maybe against the rules. So, you know, St. John, St. Ben's, you have two separate campuses. They're about a mile apart. And basically the only rule is you're, you're supposed to spend the night on your own campus. And my, uh, it was my senior year or junior. I can't remember. It was my senior year. Um, I'm, I'm a roof crack. I'm gonna say it was my junior year. We, We're gonna go with it. I like it. It was my junior year. We're confirming it was junior year. We're going it was, with it. It was it was pre uh, my ex wife, so it was my junior year. Schefter can report that this was during your junior year. He's coming in with a full break. So we it. we had we had a, we had a group of girls that we were friends with at St. Ben's, mm. and there's always a bus, right? So all the town, the bars, the stuff are right around St. Ben's. And there'd be a bus at 1.15 a.m., right? So bar would close at 1. You'd go catch the bus. Nobody had to designate a drive. It was great. What a great gig. But we I missed the bus that night. Tough scene. And Tough. so I uh, I stayed at with this group of girls that we were friends with, right? Slept on the couch. Um, and the next morning, right, I, got, I get up super early because I got to go to work, right? So it's like 7 a.m., I open the door at this on-campus apartment and there is my mom's aunt across <laughs> the hall, like walking into another, because like my, my mom's family, like big Catholic family. Right. So her mom is one of the oldest in the family. Debbie was the youngest. So her aunt was about the same age as my mom. The nuns are walking right. in a straight line across the, the, the right. So I have like the, a second cousin who goes there. And the I, quad. Yeah, walk out and I'm across the hall. I'm like, you know, hair disheveled, wearing my clothes from the night before. <laughs> and I just looked at her and I was like, "Hi, Aunt Debbie," and just turned and walked. Like didn't even stop to talk. <laughs> Gotta run. Sorry, yep. I was just coming in here to fix a sink. That's what I was here to do. Yeah. I don't uh, know if you know this, but I took a job as a plumber. So and, I'm sure uh, that one got back around. Are you sure? I was going to say, I'm waiting for the time where your mom called you right back up and went, you know, I had an interesting talk with Debbie the other day. And they said that you were coming out of some girl's apartment. I'm sure it went from Debbie to Grandma Dorothy and then Grandma. (laughs) Although I'll tell you this, but Grandma Dorothy probably put it on lockdown. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, she she was she probably didn't uh, spill the beans on that. No, you can trust Aunt Dorothy. I mean, if you can't trust Aunt Dorothy, who can you trust? Yeah, my, my grandma was pretty. Legit with that. Or Grandma Dorothy. Yeah, yep. if you can't trust Grandma Dorothy, who can you trust? No um, one. Yeah, so I, we, we kind of got a little diversion to college talk there. Off of, hey, but dad talk, it starts there. That's right. You know, <laughs> my, my other dad talk story, I, I sent it to you earlier, Tim. We were wrestling uh, the other day before the Royal Rumble, and uh, Garrick hits me in the face, and Caitlin, <laughs> Caitlin says, no hitting in the face. I said, okay, <laughs> Sherry Martell. And she just kind of gave me like a blank stare. <laughs> Didn't really catch the reference. 
you know, and uh, that uh, that whole, you know, what was it? It was Sean and uh, Rick Martel with their. Uh, yep. No hitting in the face. No hitting in the face. We're too good looking. We can't punch each other in the face. (laughs) It's one of the great storylines of a a wrestling match you've ever seen. Yeah. Oh, God, it's so good. Huck hits you with the claw now. That's his finisher. So It's nice. That's that's a big move. Yep. Of course, uh, his hand is tiny. So it's more like a nose claw at this point. He, He basically goes over the mouth, but then he will hit you with the double claw. Ooh. And he'll go with both hands. He calls it the crab pinchers. That's that's kind of what that is, kind of lobster. I, lobster I, when move. I, when I hit them with the claw, I go, I, I just the double claw is one for each of them. But do you ever turn it into a spinning tornado punch like Kerry Von Eric? Uh no, but no discus punch for me. Um, <laughs> I do, I do hit the walls of Jericho every once in a while. Nice, <laughs> not, Ooh, not like the that lion drop that right. I mean, right. I nope, think there's walls a, of Jericho. The the walls of Jericho is more up on the neck. Right. Yeah, it's a pretty aggressive. Now, uh, it's an aggressive. I feel, I feel Boston like that crab. move really uh, went downhill after a while. It became more of a Boston crab than a. Yeah, it did. Yeah, the original walls of Jericho is quite good. Yep. It's, a, it's a really good play there for sure. Rhino, what do you got for? Do you have anything you want to add in the world of dad talk? Oh, How's life man. over there with the one with the one with a fifteen month old, fourteen month old? Uh, uh, he's he's fifteen, going on sixteen. Um, no, you know. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, Should we simulate every conversation in your house? Well, it's it's not quite like that yet. He He's using it in the right context, but he's doing this thing where every time he learns a word, he'll say it once and then you'll never hear it again. Right? I, I have so far heard him say kitchen, never heard it again. He has said uh, football, never said it again. Uh, actually, I take that back. He said that one twice. Uh, he has said all done at the dinner table three times, never again. Um, it's, it's just constant. And then when you tell him, when you redirect him, right. Uh, he'll, uh, he'll get us get into something and you know, maybe he, he's trying to climb up on some chairs or trying to get into the kitchen and you lift him up and you move him. And it's what Zach said. No, 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 no. <laughs> like as you're, as you're hauling him away by the arms, uh, Ryan, you get a long time to go here. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not no. afraid, but, uh, fun I mean, Garrig and Huck both came with to. We had a dome softball game on Saturday, and they both came with, and they were hitting off the tee uh, before the game. So that was kind of fun. But it there are there are moments, there are moments <laughs> for sure. You had two of them around the same age. I don't know how the nose got into your place, Zach. But I got to imagine Ryan with just one no is pretty aggressive right now. It's not bad. I mean, it, it's. The thing is, is that he's still pretty cute. So, so he's got know, that going for him. Uh, it, it's hard to get mad at him. And it's, you know, I try not to get mad at him anyway because he's 15 months old. So, like, he doesn't he doesn't know, right? What does he know? He doesn't know anything. He, 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 yeah, knows, he doesn't know like, shit. I don't want to hear anything he has to say. He has <laughs> nothing interesting to add to our conversation. I just want to know that he understands me when I when I tell him something, and I know he does. He may not be able to respond to it, but he when I tell him stay off the table, and he looks at me and gives me a little smile and then climbs on the table anyway. I know he knows exactly what the <laughs> fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> to quote to quote Ruth Langmore, he doesn't know shit about fuck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Okay, I, I got one more story. I know I know we're getting a little long here on Dad. Hey, that's all right. We're having fun. Again, it's the most popular yeah. segment on our podcast now these days. So um, we got to give the people what they want. So we've got we've got the Hot Wheels track, right? That you, basically you put it up on top of the couch or whatever, and it gets the gravity going downhill. It's but intense. We, but we also have a Hot Wheels track where there's like the the battery, right? And it's got the spinning wheels that projects the cars through. Yep. So today they the boys set up. Right, they've got the gravity ramp into the projectile, and then it's going on, and then it's going off a jump, basically. And so they're getting ready to do it, and Caitlin's like, "Ah, you know, nope, nope, it's gonna go into the glass <laughs> fireplace, nope." And I'm like, "I'll, I'm like, let's try it, right?" Because I'm intrigued, right? I'm like, "This is cool." <laughs> so I'm gonna go sit in front. Of, I'm like, "I will go sit down there and catch the cars, so they don't hit the fireplace." And Gary looks at me dead serious and says dad what if it hits your penis <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know what they're talking about at daycare or at preschool <laughs> i kind of gave caitlin a look and she kind of gave fair me the question. you're on your I own think it's here. a very i think it's a very fair question you know <laughs> and then the funny I, thing I is, is they, I... they sent it down the ramp and it hit the wheels the spinning wheels and they had the spinning wheels going the wrong direction. So it basically shot it back up the ramp. <laughs> yeah. I'll, uh, oh. I'll say this. At least they can talk to you about it. My son just kind of nosedives off the table and lands there. Uh, just, you know, full headbutt and rolls off the couch laughing as dad rides in pain. He thinks it's hilarious. Uh <laughs> Oh, I don't know if he ever wants a sibling, but dad, what if this hot wheels jackhammers you in the dick on the way down? What's, what are you going to do when that happens? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I can just see the conversation now uh, to close your gal. Caitlin asked us last week on the pod, be sure to question Zach on his blueberry appendix story. Okay. And uh, of course, which, I'm told that I was told to ask you about this because you said you you don't like fruit of any kind. I do not like fruit. So you're not a fruit guy. So I'm assuming this is connected to that. Yep. Okay. Well, this is not the reason why I don't like fruit, but it just goes back to it. So, um, it's the summer of 2020, right? COVID was a thing, right? We didn't have a softball season, and then we started playing in the summer. Negative ass. So we get the first summer tournament. So and we're gonna be there. Like, hey, you're playing basically all day. It's 100 degrees out. Sucks. So I, I pack some food, including like a little fruit cup. And between games, like I pull it out. I don't have a spoon. Right. So I'm just kind of like, you know, basically like drinking this fruit cup. Right. And yep. as I'm like pouring it in, I I inhale a blueberry. Right. It goes down okay. the wrong pipe. I, I inhale oh, a blueberry. No Gouda. And the rest of the day, I'm just feeling horrible, right? That blueberry is just sitting somewhere in the esophagus. Well, that's, that's part of it. I'm like, at first, I was like, you know, maybe I'm dehydrated. It's 104. I haven't coached softball all year. You know, it's the first time. So I'm pumping fluids and stuff. And as the night goes on, I'm getting worse and worse and worse. And the next morning, I had my appendix out. Whoa. So I blame the blueberry. The blueberry caused the blueberry. <laughs> fucked me over. 
<laughs> inhale one blueberry nope. appendix burst. Eat That's the formula. Fruit, and it's all downhill. <laughs> That'll keep you away from the fruit medley, the fruit cups going forward. I, I don't. I guess I would never touch one too. I tell you what, I did. I did have some fruit today. I had one of those uh, little hostess pies. Oh, well, that's not fruit, but that's delightful. Oh, yeah, that's that counts, right? One of those in a long time. I can't remember the last time I had one of those. That sounds awesome. Yeah, I snagged Uh, one the other day. I have a little like snack drawer in one of my file cabinets. Yeah, you open the top drawer and it's like chips, pies. The problem is, yeah, the the seniors and the speech kids are on to me. Like they're like, you want to talk? I'm like a dealer now for popcorners and uh, baked chips because they are finding me at every corner. You don't understand, Anderson. I got to have a snack right now. I need it right now. They're they're walking into the classroom going, you got any more of those chocolates? I I had any more Hershey's and Kit Kats? um, Who is basically on his last chance moved into my class this week. Uh, well, last week, right? So he's been in my class for about a week. Basically, they're like, this is our last chance. Otherwise, we're sending him to another school. Tough. That's tough. And he he walks up today and he sees he, my drawer of food was open. And he looks in it. and He, looks he knows me. what's going on. He, 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 goes, he goes, what would happen if I robbed you? <laughs> right? Hey, bud. And you're on your last gonna- strike. Yeah, this you is never probably get a not the question. chance to make a first impression, I, young man. And I and I look the kid dead in the eyes and I go, and and I, this is the exact words I said. I didn't say the actual word, but I looked at him and said, that falls under F around and find out. <laughs> and he looked at me and he just nodded and he went back and sat down. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. What a great dad talk, guys. Great job tonight. This was a fun pod. Uh, as if you, if you haven't had a chance to listen to the point break, uh, peak cinema pod, that was last night, Ryan and Lauren were on. It was a great podcast. Had a lot of fun doing that one. And, uh, again, uh, the pods did quite well this month. Zach did uh, the baseball pod. Well, most listened to pod of the month of January so far. Go figure. Uh, a lot of people loved hearing hot stove baseball talk. Um, and we haven't even followed up on that. Joe Mauer's a Hall of Famer. Good to know. But we'll talk about that maybe in a potpourri down the road. So I want to thank our listeners for continuing to listen. And you can find us anywhere uh, at iHeart, at Apple Podcast, at Spotify. Timpodcast.podbean.com is the archive site. If you go there anytime, type in the search. You can find all the football pods from this past season. You can listen to anything that we've talked about. Our over-under predictions. You can see how wrong me and Ryan were at the beginning of the year. Although I don't think we were all that bad. You could definitely check it out and judge for yourself. Uh, we have all kinds of stuff, all the good content on there. So please go check it out if you would like to. And until next time, for Ryan, for Zach, this is Tim saying keep your head up and we'll see you.